Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and today we're going to be talking about autonomous mobile robots. Uh, with a company that uh, makes those, and we're going to find out some very interesting facets about them. Uh, I, I probably will at some point mention their very cool luggage uh, that follows you around an airport, but I, I watched the video, Lou. I couldn't help it. It was just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, we're going to be talking with Nick Temple, who's Vice President of Sales for the Americas. And uh, Nick, we welcome you to Manufacturing Talk Radio so we can chat with you about Forward X Robotics. That's forward, the letter X, dot com, and autonomous mobile robots. Great. Thanks for having me, Lou and, and Tim. I uh, appreciate uh, giving the chance to, to speak with your audience. Um, so I understand you're uh, going to be at Modex, and uh, so give us the Modex pitch as I walk by the booth. What does an autonomous mobile robot do for me, Nick? So uh, an autonomous mobile robot can do a couple of things for you. Um, so ultimately, the you're, you're saving time um, to, to manufacture in a manufacturing environment to bring uh, materials from point A to point B. And if you can do it uh, in a more efficient way, then, then you're saving time, and, and that means greater uptime for you as, as a manufacturer. Um, we also do some, some clever things, too, in terms of dashboards and performance metrics for our, for our customers. And, and that basically allows them to create some, some, some more ways of tracking their, their business um, um, at, at the end of the day, too, um, we also see customers even saving in places like working capital, so less less material on hand because they don't lose it throughout their their production facility during during uh, during the process. So, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, we also um, see that uh, increased safety is a is a huge um, interest as well for a lot of our customers. Um, uh, as as uh, you don't have dangerous uh, forklifts flying past people at, at, at high speeds, um, these robots are made to be collaborative, um, so they're made to be used with with humans and to avoid them, and um, so that way your your people can continue about their day to day work, adding value. Um, what is the speed of the uh, individual devices? Yeah, they, they move the, the max speed is in meters per second, so 1.5 meters per second, which translates roughly to three, four miles per hour. Um, so, so they're, they're moving um, at, a, at a decent speed, but um, right. you know, they will change speed depending on how close they are to, to, to objects. They don't fly past at full speed um, past the Got person. It. Um, they, yeah. and, and I don't, I presume there's no turn signals on these things. <laughs> Well, the, you, you, it's funny you say that. So we do have an LED strip all the way around um, the, the the robots, and yeah. as it as it as it turns to the right, the right hand side flashes. As it turns to the left, the left hand side flashes. So we do try to give some also uh, additional uh, visual indicators uh, to people about what where the robot's going. I got it. That's that's cool. That's very cool. I was, yep. I was I was joking, but uh, that's really a, a neat, uh, <laughs> neat neat point. Very good. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so I understand. The, oh, I understand sorry, you man. have you have multiple models that do different things in different weights of uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, uh, whatever it is you're putting on these uh, uh, devices. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, one of the challenges is that manufacturing is a very broad uh, market segment to attack. So the material handling requirements can be very different if you're manufacturing a, a smartphone versus a kayak. Um, so you got to be able to support different types of payloads and, and different types of uh, devices and geometries. So we have uh, two robots that we've settled on today for the market, and we're going to continue to expand. But we're looking at a, uh, a, a 200 kg, so about 440 pound payload. And then we also have a 500 kg robot, so about 1,100 pounds in total payload that can, can sit on top of it. Um, and what we can do is move anything from totes to individual parcels. Uh, we can lift up a, a cart, so a wire cart maybe that you have with lots of different um, systems on it. We could throw a tunnel underneath and lift it up and move it. Um, and then also we can move pallets. So if you have a, a pallet that you want to carry, um, you know, we, we can carry up to 1,100 pounds today. What is the, the size of the base that uh, you're putting this 1,100-pound pallet on? Um, it's it's roughly the footprint of a pallet. So we've done that on purpose um, oh, because you don't okay. want to take up too much space. Um, right. Uh, yeah, so it's... It's a fairly compact solution. The uh, 200 kg is roughly maybe the size of a uh, uh, max size of a check check piece of luggage, right? So it's a decent it. size uh, uh, robot. So I, I presume that when you are uh, uh, at Modex that you're going to be uh, demonstrating the various models that you have with you? Yes. So at Modex, um, we are, it's, it's our U.S. launch and we're really trying to, to show off some of our skills. So we've got some clever um, tools that help with picking. So if you have like a warehouse management system or ERP system or MES, some sort of software which drives your mm-hmm. business uh, production, um, we can tie into that and you could just send us your material requirements. And then we mm-hmm. have a robot um, software program um, our fleet manager, which will assign tasks to individual robots. So if you have 30 in a facility, it'll assign them in an intelligent way. Um, so we're showing off that software um, with with a rack uh, demonstration where it, it's leading an operator to a, a a place where it needs to pick, and then it leads it around to the other side for the drop off. And then we also have the lift um, uh, cart solution on on display. And, uh, and ultimately, what makes us different in, in terms of an AMR provider is really that we um, navigate using um, vision, computer vision. So that computer vision is, is unique. Everyone else uses laser scanners for navigation and localization. Uh, but laser scanners only give you two-dimensional data to work off of, which, which, can, be very, which can be very inconsistent. Whereas a vision-based solution, you get a lot more data that you can work off of. Um, which which allows you um, better clarity when you're trying to avoid objects, as well as when you're when you're trying to figure out where you are in, a, in an environment. You mentioned a moment ago uh, that if you are a client, you have 30 of these uh, devices, 
Uh, sure. Do you, do you need to have a uh, you know a flight controller that handles where everything is and going and coming back from and so on, or is there built-in intelligence that the uh, equipment knows it's going to point A and then it's coming back to point B and vice versa? Yep. So each robot has its own intelligence on board, which basically controls the operation of the robot. So it controls the motors that drive it. It controls the object avoidance. So you don't want to have any kind of delays, right, over a Wi-Fi network or, or any kind of issues where you're you're putting someone's safety at risk. So all that control is done locally. And then the robot fleet manager is your air traffic controller, as as you mentioned. And and really that is 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 managing all the different deliveries. It's also, um, if you get a, an allotment of 100 different um, pickups, instead of doing one-to-one -one pickup for each robot, maybe a robot can do five pickups at a time. And so it will right. actually allocate the correct number to each robot um, as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more than just a, a smart traffic cop. It, 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 does, it does more than that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But what is your booth number, by the way, at uh, Modex? Do you, do you have we're that in, information? Uh, yes, it's uh, we're in booth 1207. Um, so we are a little late to the game, So, but we, we hope we'll, we'll still see some, some good foot traffic. Um, we've set up in the, uh, I believe it's the innovation section, they, they call it, um, uh, in, at, at Modex. It's to the left of, of the main entrance. Okay, so it's in the innovation section, and it is booth one two zero seven. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, Nick, I'm curious if they have done any time motion studies. I'm sure they have. For instance, getting materials such as parts to a machine location, and I'm thinking of you know if I turn to an employee and I'm a machine operator and I say you know I need more wing nuts and now the employee heads off to get more wing nuts and they stop at the bathroom and they get a cup of coffee and then they talk to two employees about the outcome of the Super Bowl or the impeachment bowl and then some point in time they reappear with the wing nuts I'm, I'm assuming the robots cut out all of that and are become more efficient on factory floors. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we back up the efficiency improvements. So usually our customer will say, well, for this project to fly and to meet our ROI, we need the efficiency of the robot to be this percentage greater than what we're getting with our current um, time-based study on, on material handling. And we actually back that up and tie it into our payment schedule, so we guarantee uh, performance improvement as as part of our as part of our project. So we don't sell just the robot; we actually do the, the full integration and 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 project design. Um, and even before we get to that point, we will actually try to prove it as well using simulation. So we'll do a, a complete um, simulation using CAD um, to to really understand the. Uh, travel times and, and to ensure that we think we can actually achieve what, what you're looking for. Oh, interesting. Yep. I, I didn't realize that uh, you had that kind of detail at your fingertips. It makes sense, but uh, yeah. to put it in into the contract is uh, definitely proof of the footing. Yep, and we, we find customers, you know, they measure in logistics space, uh, they'll they'll have UPH, so units per hour, 
manufacturing, maybe it's efficiency or, or tack time that we're working on improving. Um, but ultimately, you know, whatever that metric is, that's, that's a number we stand by. Um, and what's interesting, too, is we also have customers who see, actually, we, we hit the number that they've requested, but we see increased efficiency even over the next two, six, 12 months. Um, and that has to do with the AI that we build into it. So we actually, at the fleet manager, there's some artificial intelligence, which starts to look at the trends in your facility. And what that does then is it will actually shift your robots around based on your your kind of delivery cycles. So then that way they'll be more readily at hand. And we'll see, you know, increases, you know, 10% increases in, in efficiency over, a, you know, a six-month period. Um, so we're, we're, we're pretty excited about the technology and, and think that um, – you know, uh, as you can tell, I'm I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to the technology side of things, probably. But uh, you know, uh, for me, uh, uh, it's it's also the it's it's a real business. You see a lot of vaporware in in the industry, especially in the early uh, uh, adoption adoption kind of cycles. But uh, you know, I've I've seen the proof and 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 customer success stories to to, to prove it um, in China. So hopefully, uh, we can get. Uh, um, some some cases going here in the U.S. and and continue uh, um, building up the manufacturing industry here. Uh, Nick, not to, not to ask you and put you on the spot about pricing, so I won't. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave that to you at Modex. Uh, but what kind of uh, ROI do you have uh, on these devices typically? Um, it, it varies, of course, uh, but, you know, most of our customers, they want to see something less than two years. And generally speaking, that's that we don't take on a project if it's if it's less than, if it's more than that. Um, mm -hmm. So two year ROI um, or better. Um, you know, we've seen ROIs inside six months, uh, but uh, it ultimately depends on on the process and the amount of material moving, how big your facility is, those types of things. Un understood. Um, and the range uh, that these uh, devices can operate within? Um, so uh, we've got a variety of different size facilities that we work in. So generally, the rule of thumb is the bigger the facility, the faster your ROI. Um, so the size of the facility doesn't matter, but we can drive about uh, 8 to 10 hours without um, needing to recharge the batteries on board. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So um, they, they charge themselves, of course, too, when they, they, they go back to a charger. So if they're not running a, a mission or a task, they can, they can plug themselves in and, and gain, a, you know, an extra 10 minutes, an hour here and there throughout the, throughout the day. Did, did you say they can plug themselves in to be recharged? That's correct, yes. So we have some charging stations, and, and the charging stations just run off of standard, uh, you know, 110 VAC uh, outlets, so just a standard plug. Um, yeah. So you can have them operating in a 24-hour uh, a dark environment, and they could be just running all over the place, uh, chasing the cats and mouse, and then recharging themselves. Yep, absolutely, if you wanted to. I mean, but the beauty of the technology, too, is that it, it's uh, collaborative. So uh, the idea is that in a manufacturing environment that people are still adding value into the process. But a material handler, you know, that there's really no added value that they're bringing. It's just a necessary evil. Um, so with our products, we we are are trying to um, still give. Uh, we operate within an environment to create a safer environment for the employees. 
so so that's that's really our our focus but if you want to do a lights out facility it's it's definitely a step in and in, in, in that direction to give you some more control in terms of automation mm-hmm. when discussing uh with a client uh or a potential client uh do you ever get the um well, my employees think that this is going to take their job away. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you run into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, you know, you go through different phases with, with companies, and um, and it becomes a, an education process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some technology you put into a manufacturing environment, it's very isolated. So it will be a, a, an automated cell, and the only person who touches it is the direct operator. Um, whereas this technology, anyone in the facility could actually interact with it, right? Because it has free reign to drive wherever it wants, or you can obviously customize that and, and make it more restricted. But ultimately, you could it could interact with even customers or guests in your facility. So how um, how do you educate them um, to to about the technology and, and get them to accept it and adopt it is 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 part of the part of the process that we can help guide mm-hmm. uh, our customers mm-hmm. through. You know, there's there's little things you can do, like name your robots. I had one customer who started off with three, and they did a naming competition, and they named them Larry, Moe, and Curly. You know, so um, there's there's lots of lots of different things, obviously, that you can do to to drive some some acceptance in in the business and and things like naming them and you know uh, different competitions that involve the uh, employees that are going to use them on a day to day, you know, uh, activity is is really adds adds that ownership um, to to their uh, mindset. And I'm sure that company is not paying their royalties for uh, using the three (laughs) names. (laughs) (laughs) Their fourth robot will be named Shemp. But, uh, Nick, you have got uh, the ability to control multiple robots simultaneously with your control software. How many robots can software control the movement of it, it really comes down to the performance of the server at the end of the day so you know if, if you we've the most we've tested are probably uh, just just over a hundred um, so we have some some pretty large logistics facilities that are running um, just over a hundred in, in uh, China and uh, for clothing um, company um, so we do have some some pretty sophisticated uh, solutions um, and I think that's where our, our product really starts to shine. And that's where things like AI really become important, too, because you need to, if you, you're trying to predict where these 100 uh, robots or 100 plus robots are going to be navigating um, ahead of time so they don't end up in a traffic jam. <laughs> it's, it's like your, your Google Maps app, right? So if, uh, if there's a traffic jam and it tells everybody avoid the path and everyone's using Google Maps, everyone's going to end up in a traffic jam somewhere else, right? So it's kind of <laughs> like how, right? So how do you make it smart enough to, to kind of avoid that? Clearly, clearly. Well, as we wrap up this segment, uh, Nick, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about these, this rather fascinating technology that you incorporated into forklifts and pallet jacks, et cetera? No, I, I just encourage customers, though, when they um, are looking for a provider of this type of technology is, is really um, 
ask a couple of questions. One is, can, can I see your, uh, an installation or talk to a customer with an installation that's running um, a fleet manager with 10, 20, 30 robots on board at a, as a minimum? Um, because I think that's, that's the proof, right? You can, all, a lot of people can do one or two robots, but if you can ask them to show you those bigger ones, that's, that shows that they've got the scale available for you as a business. Um, the second is, you know, look at single source vendors for, for products, right? Someone who can actually provide um, multiple payload um, solutions for all your material handling needs. Because today, one of the challenges is, is also the communication amongst different vendors. Um, and uh, so that's something that will come with time, I think. But today, you know, it's, it's really important that you find a vendor who can support all those needs. Um, and then lastly, you know, just try to understand what, what their strategy is for installation and what your appetite is for that. Do you want to do it yourself? Do you want somebody else to do it for you? And, and, um, and, and what's the time that's, that's needed for, for those options to happen? Very neat. Very neat. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you at uh, Modex. And uh, we'll probably be uh, filming you uh, doing your demonstrations, and we'll probably run it on the show in addition to your YouTube um, uh, YouTube events that we're going to be putting on uh, the show. Uh, anyone listening to this show will be able to go right underneath the player, and as you're listening to the show, you can uh, watch the demonstration. So... Uh, this was uh, this was fun, Nick. I wish you luck with it. Sounds like really fascinating stuff. Um, I still would like to try writing one, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four miles an hour right, is not guys. a big deal. <laughs> All right. Tim and Lou, thanks very much for having me. I, I really appreciate the, the time and the conversation. Not a problem. We enjoy it, and I'm sure that our uh, listeners uh, uh, are interested in this. Every time some type of new item comes out or new technology comes out, uh, our audience is right there to listening to it and wanting to get some information on it. So, uh, again, we wish you luck. We'll see you in uh, uh, the beginning of uh, March. Yep. March, right. I'm sorry. Uh, Tim? And uh, Nick, again, thanks for joining us on this episode. We greatly appreciate it. Yep, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. And we've been talking with Nick Temple, who is the Vice President of Sales for the Americas from Forward X Robotics. Again, their website is the word forward, followed by the letter X.com. So go check out what they do with vision-based autonomous mobile robots, or you can come to mfgtalkradio.com to listen to this show or check out any of our other 400-plus shows in our library, plus the news articles that we post, plus the links to other shows, plus, plus, Lou, what am I missing? Bring your knee pads to Modex. <laughs> we might, might have to not stand. We may have to sit, stand on our knees. <laughs> so he can ride uh, one of these autonomous robots around Modex. Again, and, uh, thanks everyone. Again, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. 
You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at msgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.